when someone asks me, what do you do for a living? I still, I know I should be very confident being like, I'm a full-time artist, but I'm always like, Uh I'm, I'm an artist. I know. I know. Somebody, an Uber driver asked me and I was like, what? (laughs) I'm a content creator. I'm a, yeah. Like, Hello and welcome to our first ever episode of Unstitched Podcast. Today you're getting unstitched with two self-taught full-time embroidery artists. We are your hosts, Vika and Hannah. In this episode, we'd love to introduce ourselves, the podcast. And get all up close and personal on the creative level of things. Let's dive in. When did you start your small business? 2021. And then you went full-time last year, right? Yeah, November 2022. You got into it... At, like still during the pandemic. I feel like there are so many small businesses, mine too. Mm-hmm. Like I started in 2019. So many of us started yeah. our small businesses in this like strange pandemic bubble where mm-hmm. everyone was mm-hmm. engaging with social media because that was like all we had. Yeah, People were buying art kits because they couldn't go outside. Like all of a sudden people are like, I mm-hmm. need a hobby. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I want to ask you like, how do you think that's going to last? Yeah. Like, like all those businesses that popped up. I Yeah. Like, What's the percentage? So, so that's <laughs> gonna th- that's what I was gonna ask you. Like, I think, mm. um, well, we're seeing it already, especially in the embroidery world. There are several accounts, big accounts, people who were doing really well during the pandemic. That all of a sudden, like, sorry guys, I'm gonna go back to the job I had before the small business, or uh, you know, mm-hmm. I've lost the joy from making this a business, so I'm gonna make mm. it a hobby again. You're, I'm not gonna be posting as much. Like, it is. Very much happening. And I think it's because it's a response to all of us all of a sudden being like, whoa, so many of you are no longer able to just be on your phones 24-7 because you're working again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's back to normal. And so many people are burnt out from being on social media. So they're just not on their phones, regardless of if they're working from home or not. Mm-hmm. And I am mm-hmm. super curious to see what's going to happen in the next year or so, because I do think a lot of businesses had this It was like a false sense of security almost, like of a buildup of all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have dependable Mm -hmm. sales. And I don't think that that's going to, that has no, it doesn't have the longevity because we're no longer in this like vacuum of everyone having a situation where they're home. So. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. There's another side of the, this, and it's controversial. I actually want to get your thought on this. We've never talked about that, actually. It's a big one. Um, Yeah. So there's a... There's a very common kind of like hatred for maybe not hatred, but like, I don't know, replace hatred with something less. When people are seeing their friends, their family members suddenly get on this social media thing, they become influencers, they make videos, they like make some money, whatever it is, like they open small businesses, they do yeah. their thing. And a lot of people don't understand it, especially people who have nothing to do with social media professionally. And so it like it's almost like thrown upon. Am I using that word right? I actually don't yeah. know. Frown upon is that the frowned upon? Yeah. So yeah. Th- yeah, like a judged in a way. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there is this phrase, like this quote from some famous lady. I don't know who she was, but it's gone viral many a times. And she said, it's okay to have a hobby. That's it. <laughs> and basically what she means, like, she, obviously there's more like, to this. Like, don't monetize and your her hobby? Whole point, 
Yes, mm. <laughs> exactly that. Like, why are we all suddenly monetizing our hobbies? Like, you're you can just have a hobby. You don't have to make it a business. I mean, I want to get your thought on this. Fair enough, but also I wonder what uh like social class that person comes from, because I think innately so many of us created. We were create first of all, we were creating out of immense anxiety over this huge virus that was killing thousands of people. You know, I mean, it was devastating. Mm -hmm. So much unknown. We were watching it move through the world, slowly come. I mean, it was it was awful. And so many of us were like, I can't function. I'm going to turn to art or creating of some kind. And then mm -hmm. it was like, I have all of this taking up space in my house. Maybe I should sell it. I don't think every person came, mm -hmm. like, went out with, like, oh, I'm going to monetize my hobby. I think it, it was a very organic experience for so many of us. <laughs> it was me. <laughs> I went into it with, like, I'm going to freaking monetize the shit out of this thing. But for those of us who, like, because I, I didn't come at it wanting to monetize. I had, like, for my beginning, my origin story, I had been making them for myself before the pandemic. And my friends and family mm -hmm. were, like you should sell these. And I was like, these no one's real good. Hannah. No one's going to buy. Like, I was like, who's going to buy this? I don't even, I don't even know what to call this. It's not fully embroidery. It's not fully quilting. I don't know what it's called. And it was honestly, they like just wore me down. And then I finally <laughs> started to sell them on Etsy and I was really lucky and it, it, I did well right away. Yeah, I want to. I want to like, ask you about your first sale. Like, what, how how it was. Like, what were your thoughts, your feelings, how much it went for, how big it was, how long you spent on it. I want to know. <laughs> like Etsy at the Do time. Do you remember? Because this, yeah, because this is February of 2019, and Etsy at the time was slowly moving to what it is now, which is like super flooded. There's a lot more dropship stuff and like big companies. It's not oh, it's as mainly dropship at this yeah, point. Yeah, like it's yeah. not. Uh, really handmade anymore. And I feel like that transition started around when I started my small business on there. But, you mm. know, like everybody's like, start oh, an Etsy. Enough. That was always the, you know, you want to start a small business. That's where you go. Etsy. Yeah. And I think I had seven pieces that I had done. They were all completely different. And I think each piece took me at least 10 hours. But most of them were like 40 to 80 hours of work. And I sold them for like $70. <laughs> Which at the time I was like, no one's gonna. How pay. did you decide to list them for those prices? Um, I basically I looked at the cost of my materials, and then I didn't pay myself. Added twenty bucks. And yeah, and I added <laughs> okay. like yeah, and then I was like, I I think I could part with this for ten dollars. I mean, it was uh so cringy when I think about it now. But I mean, people don't talk about pricing if you are starting a small business unless I know you have so gatekeeps. Oh my gosh. And this unless you real. have a, a friend who like has a small business that you feel comfortable asking, no one talks about it. So I was like, oh, I guess I'm going to do this. And I tried to like look at comparable items because that's, you know, people are mm -hmm. like, do your market research. I tried. But there, I didn't see anything else that looked like what I was making. So I was like, I yeah, don't... I have strong opinions on, on things like that. Oh, like I do too now. And... Yeah. Because, you know, like, there's different things that add value to it. Yeah, that you can't you know. physically see by just trying to compare. And 
Also, yeah. so many people price their, themselves low. So then comparing yourself to those people who are already undervaluing themselves. And then it's like, oh, well, I'm starting out. I should also price, maybe I should price mine lower. <laughs> it's just a down, mm-hmm. it's a terrible <laughs> spiral. But yeah, so it's a I, difficult thing to figure out once yeah. you're, when you have no idea what you're doing. I think it's been different. I feel like there's a lot of us. I think the two of us are pretty open, but I think there's a lot of us in general who came into it and we we're like, whoa, why aren't people talking about this? And that's been super helpful. But yeah, so I, I listed my pieces. I shared on my Facebook page. Yo, I have a, <laughs> I have a Facebook business page now, friends, and I'm going to sell what these. are you, Gen X? <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, but Facebook was still like, I don't know. I Epigenics. <laughs> We're but, not going to talk about it. <laughs> no, but but the majority of the people that I thought would buy my items are older. So I assumed if I want to reach those people, I should be posting where oh, they right. are. Oh, right, that does make sense actually. That does make sense cuz fiber arts are very like granny type yeah, things, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I Up mean, until no. Yeah. And not so, anymore. Not anymore. No, I think it's gotten way better, but yeah. And Absolutely. Uh, I posted a link on my Facebook page and friends and family bought all of my pieces within like a couple hours. And I cried. Nice. Uh, you it cried? was a very wonderful feeling. And then I was like, okay, maybe I can do this as like a side hustle, which I feel like so many mm-hmm. people say. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then I did a drop like once a month basically after that. And I was uh, I started my small business in February of 2019. Mm-hmm. Two weeks later, I found out I was pregnant with my third child. So uh, my first year of business did not go according to plan because I did not plan on uh, being knocked up. And so I didn't make nearly as much as I wanted to in terms of like how much how many pieces I produced. That makes sense. But so it was yeah. very much uh, like a just for fun thing. I didn't go full-time until July of 2020, and a lot of that had to do with the fact that I was making fabric masks because I had anxiety, and mm-hmm. I had just yardage, like you wouldn't believe, of fabric. So, Oh, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> I've I mean, seen your collection. Yeah, so you can imagine I made over 5,000 masks. So you can imagine how much fabric I had, yeah, that's crazy. Before you I had made a freaking fabric factory masks. over there. I did, all by myself. Uh, burnt myself out like crazy. I don't want to sew another face mask ever again in my life. <laughs> I really didn't go into it wanting to monetize a hobby. It was, though, mm. we have to recognize that we live in a capitalist world where it very much is, how can I make more money to live? Because many of us are not living, like, I'm not living this lavish mm-hmm. lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I would like to find a way so that I'm not doing a soul-sucking job where I feel like I'm mm-hmm. paying for other people to profit off of me. I would rather do something where I get to profit on myself. Mm-hmm. So many of us want the Which freedom. Very scary. Yeah. And if you can make it work, of course you should monetize that. Why why wouldn't mm-hmm. we? I feel like it's Yeah, yeah. So it's a very controversial yeah. thing. I think it comes from a place of not understanding and not wanting to adapt. I always compare our experience with like internet and social media rise with industrial revolution a hundred oh, years totally. ago. Yeah. When if you didn't replace people with machinery, you were outrun by other people who did replace. I mean, it's awful, 
but people had to adapt. And if you didn't adapt, you just stayed poor. But if you did adapt, you made a bank. Yeah. And so that's what's happening here. Same thing with social media, all totally. these kids making videos and earning crazy money. And so people are looking at it like, you know, Gen X is even like some older millennials are looking at it and thinking, what the heck? Like, how are you? What? That's wrong. Like, you have to go to college, go get an accountant job it's and an, earn you, your money that way. It's such an like elitist thing, though, to believe that it's you fucked up. Yeah. To believe that all of us. Also, why does it bother you how other people earn a living? Why? Oh, why it bothers them. Why does it matter so much to you if and it's also that whole like get a real job. I work harder yeah, 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 exactly. for my own small business than I ever did working for other people. Mm-hmm. We work 24-7. We're constantly working. It, we might not actually be physically stitching something, but the amount of behind-the-scenes you know, stuff that we are doing, far like I am working harder now than ever before, but also I get yeah. to enjoy the life that I have versus being physically away from rewarding. my home and like working in someone else's environment that they've decided for me. Making money for somebody else. Yeah. I mean, I wish, I think a lot of it just, again, stems from this like jealous outlook that you have to Mm -hmm. suffer for so long or spend so much money on a college degree. Also, newsflash, I did get a college degree. I welcomed $40,000 of debt to get a degree for a job that I thought I would do for the rest of my life. It didn't work out. I got burnt out like heck. I do not want to do that job forever. And wow, look, I still managed to learn so many other skills that I also get to learn use in my social bit like my social media and like embroidery mm-hmm. small business. I mean, I don't want to talk politics, but yeah, it's definitely a very touchy touchy yeah. topic with that kind of thing. I just wanted to get your opinion on like just have your freaking hobby, don't monetize it. I thought we would be on the same page. I do think there is a lot to be said for someone who starts a a hobby and monetizes it like two seconds later. I do think there should be a a period where people hone Mm -hmm. in on their craft and like really tailor their skills. Yeah. And I do think. I I agree with that. I do think there's like a, a scary, like I do think it would be good for people to not monetize every single hobby. Just because I think yeah, you, more than you should hobby. hold on to your sanity a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Can't make everything about money. I want to circle back to what I said about me um, starting this, um, wanting to monetize it from the get-go. Yeah. And it sounds very, like, it can be judged, I understand. But I want to, like, clear things no, up a little I, bit. <laughs> I love that uh, we no, have no, no. two perspectives. Wait. Of like No, me too, but I want to explain, because mine is, like, um, not necessarily unique, but it's not what, yeah. you know, an average person can think of straight away from what I said. Um, I wanted to monetize it in the form of content. I didn't want to sell anything. I wanted to make YouTube videos. I oh, wanted yeah. to get, I knew that. like, a YouTube creator program thing yeah. going, because I already had a lot of experience in video making. Like, I made three or four videos and like everybody was like whoa these are really good videos like is you've done this before (laughs) i spent probably like two years doing embroidery just for fun just for me like learning and doing stuff 
looking for what I was, um, what I wanted to do with embroidery because yeah. there's so much that you can do. Totally. Like, I wanted to find my thing, which I found. And then I was like, oh, maybe I can, um, you know, do some YouTube videos because I really enjoy this aspect of content making. Like editing is my hobby. I use it for work a lot now, you know, for content and stuff. But I freaking love editing. I, I thought a long time ago, I thought I would be a filmmaker. I so know. You that's st- where you I are, come from with wanting to monetize it. I still think you have that in your future. I really want, to, you know, we talked about this. We did. We want to start YouTube's, YouTube yeah. channels and just make uh, really good Although really long you form. want to make YouTube because of the love of editing and videography. I mm-hmm. mainly yes. want to do YouTube. So I'm going to be that person now to monetize because mm-hmm. I see it as a nice little shiny carrot that I could, yeah. I could chase. Catch on to. Yeah, for sure. I, I understand that. I get it. For me, it's definitely both. Um, but I think for you, it's a lot more about the art of all of it. Um, I mean... And I, th- I, uh, I think the that's, art of filmmaking. Yeah, and I think that's um, something worth noting because a lot of people who have started as a small business from a hobby do not have the background of like videography and editing, like myself. And we just like scrape it by and just try and do our best. Versus like you are coming at it from the approach of like truly loving the experience of yeah. creating content and. Um, I, I find that so fascinating. Yeah, I, I think I'm lucky that I really enjoy yeah. it. That was like my first love is yeah. video making. There is this content creator that pops out with a fresh content every day. Oh, and yeah. And they get like tons of views. Yeah. So I was trying to figure out like what is it that makes them tick? Like <laughs> why? And I had a conversation with a friend about it. And he said that it's most likely like a like a factory is probably like a team of 20 yeah. that makes it all happen. I don't think that that's the case with that particular account, but it is the case with a lot of those accounts. A lot of accounts, yeah. So it's very difficult to compare it. I mean, it's very easy because they don't show that here's our team of 20. They just all yeah. show one face, one person, if that, you know. We're going to talk about social media a lot on here. Totally. So well, because that's... I don't want to start with with bad vibes <laughs> it's those really good vibes too no i don't think it's bad vibes to talk about the reality that we face trying to strike a balance between real life and the what we create to project to the rest of the world because we do want to put ourselves out there as being competent and creative mm-hmm. and present right so that people want to engage mm-hmm. with our content but that's hard when we also have other people relying on us and bills to pay and mm-hmm. we have to eat and sleep and shower. Do you feel like there is this, uh, I don't necessarily want to call it a vicious cycle, but there's this format that you have to stick to. Yeah. And what I mean by that is basically it boils down to quantity over quality or quality over quantity. And mm-hmm. you have to pick one, but then... Once you get on one of these boats, you can't really get off very easily without sacrificing on the business side of things. Yeah. So the way that we do it currently, I think we both share that same format, 
is quantity over quality. So you get a banger from time to time. But generally, like if you don't feed the algorithm, then it's not going to reward yeah. you. So what I've experienced is very, very slow but steady growth on Instagram in particular. We're not going to talk about TikTok because TikTok keeps changing. I like it. I I really like it, but it is very demanding on like the content yeah. making part of things. Yeah. Yeah. Do, so do you feel that you're in the same boat with me? Yes and no. I primarily I've experienced slow, steady growth, but when they have changed, done like significant algorithm changes to Instagram, that has made my account change when the amount of content and the quality of the content that I make, I feel like didn't change. Overall, I do think when Instagram made the change from still photos to a video platform trying to mimic TikTok, um, I think a lot of us felt really good about that change and we jumped on it. And the growth that we felt during that period was pretty significant. And I think it was mm -hmm. whether or not we got onto the train of posting frequently. Like, I feel like that's when it started of like making okay, sure. Okay, I see what you mean. Yeah, so it's like a forced thing. Yeah, it was, it was strange. And it was like, if you are on board with this, you're probably going to see a change. And I feel like that's what happened to a lot of us. And I mm -hmm. felt it was like slow and steady. And then all of a sudden I had one thing that took off. And then I went from, I think I, it was like 80,000 followers in the course of like a week. And I did, I did not yeah, enjoy that, <laughs> which I'm, I'm sure people, I'm very grateful, but I did not enjoy that. And then the following year, it was like maintain. I just stayed stagnant regardless of what mm -hmm. I did, how much I posted, the quality of my posting, it just stayed stagnant. And that was a super mm -hmm. defeating feeling because it felt like, oh, wait, now I don't know what what the algorithm wants for me or the people now that are all following me aren't engaging with my content. So my visibility and reach is lower. But now all of a mm -hmm. sudden, I feel like there was another shift. I feel like they they did yeah, something. I, I've noticed that on your side as well. I've noticed yeah. that. What like was it? I, so the, the main thing that they did very recently is they reintroduced replays. Yeah. So now they count views differently. So yeah. if, for anybody who's listening, <laughs> if anybody's listening at all, the change that I'm talking about is um, whenever like you scroll on reels and you see something and then you watch it all the way through and it starts playing again, that counts as a replay. Yeah. And so if you have like a two second video and you put like four paragraphs of text on it, people are going to want to like keep watching it so that they can finish reading. And so a lot of people have been doing that shit and that pisses me off because like I want to be entertained, you know what I mean? Anyway, so that's that's a huge change that's happened. So and then once the algorithm notices that oh, your video gets a lot of replays, it's going to give it an extra yeah. boost. And that's yeah. I think that's what's happened. Yeah, but they've also changed the priority to your like watch time. Like now there's that infograph and in insights where it says like how long people have stayed engaged. Yeah. And if you yeah. maintain the like majority, I can't remember what the number is, but if you maintain the majority of your audience to be actually engaging with it and staying on before they swipe up, then they push that more. So you want to like maintain mm -hmm. a higher engagement level too. Yeah. Um, not to be confused with, because the graph is always going to go down. Right. Because people are scrolling. Yeah. So 
if it was if the video was only pushed to your audience, that would make sense. Yeah. Um, the the trend would be higher, but because it's just open to like a very w- wide audience. Yeah. Y- it's always going to be like a very kind of like a mountain down, like yeah. you're skiing down the freaking graph. But the margins are very low, so we can't see that right on our even analytics and stuff but instagram can yeah and so like it's the first couple of seconds you know that you'll be able to tell oh so many people have stayed up watching it for a couple of seconds it might look insignificant on there but it's still pretty big but it is significant yeah yeah i also do not like that trend of like a two to five second video with a giant paragraph. And when I see those, if I genuinely want to read what it is, I will get out of reels, go to their main profile, Mm -hmm. like so that it doesn't autoplay the reel so that I can read the caption. And then I don't think it counts as a replay because I I get very annoyed, which the giveaway post lately, we have been making reels out of those. And it is a bigger caption. I promise that is not intentionally to get replay views. (laughs) <laughs> you need information in there. Yeah. It's understandable. <laughs> but there, it is very much all about the caption again versus like, I don't know, before this mm-hmm. algorithm switch, it was very much just like hook them in, get, get them, yeah, you know, versus now it's like, let's read. Very fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Let's move on from this topic because I think we can talk about this forever. <laughs> I think so. But I, th- I think overall, regardless of um, what, Instagram does to their algorithm or whatever happens that way. I think the most important thing is that social media is not going away anytime soon. And it is still going to be the main form of um, like advertising for small businesses, at least for 2024, you know? So, yeah. So we have to just figure out as small businesses, how, how to ride each way. Yeah. (laughs) And adapt each time they make a change, which is three times a week. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're um we're like um, forty minutes in already, so I, I want it. to. <laughs> no, me too. Me too. And we could go on forever, you know. Okay. But I want this episode to be uh, more of like an introduction rather than yeah. like a deep dive. So what oh, yeah. I want to do is um kind of like introduce ourselves in a way, people who will first start listening to us will be people that know about us know us um so they don't need like a background story but i think the background story very condensed you know like a few minute thing is is a good idea just to see where we're coming from mm-hmm. if you don't mind like i'll just ask you a couple of questions and if you can elaborate um so that maybe i'll try and help people understand where we come from <laughs> in that sense deal we already figured that you you started in 2019 and yeah. um, you made a bunch of masks. Um, you were making art for yourself. Uh, somebody said, hey, maybe you should sell these. And then you started to sell them. And that's how it kind of happened. And then social media, everybody was in the bubble, uh, took off. And you've just mastered your, your craft um, and content creation in that sense throughout yeah. the years. Where are you at right now, Hannah? How's it going? Good. I mean, I, again, I never thought that this would be my job. So it mm-hmm. still very much feels. And when someone asks me, what do you do for a living? I still, I know it's I should hard. be very confident being like, I'm an art, I'm a full-time artist, but I'm always like, uh-huh. I'm, I'm an artist. 
I know. I, I know. I Somebody, know. an Uber driver asked me and I was like, what? <laughs> I'm like, content queen? What do you mean? I'm a, yeah. Like it's, it still feels. And I mean, I'm heading into year five. So it's funny. It's just strange to me. Like, I don't know when I'm going to have like a self-assured confidence, but mm-hmm. I started as a quilter. I, my grandmother taught me how to embroider when I was like eight. And, um, I've always loved fabric and I've always loved embroidery. She taught me how to embroider on little tea towels with kittens on them. I just used all of those skills because when I had kids, I couldn't use a sewing machine and pin pieces on my floor anymore. So I moved to an embroidery hoop because it was something I could do while watching my children. And then that just kind of blew up. And I started calling it fabric collage because it's like an applique, which is like what you do for quilting. Yeah, for I mean, edge I would have a hard time categorizing you. Yeah, and 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 that was the other weird part, you know, is that I went into my small business not really seeing other people do what I do. Not saying that I was the first one. I'm sure there are plenty. I I can name a couple. Everybody's unique, Hannah. Don't don't excuse yourself. I just didn't. I didn't see other art like mine, so I didn't really mm-hmm. know what I was getting myself into, and I was just having fun. It really did start yeah. as me just like making things because I felt like it. Are you still having fun? Eh? Yeah, and I think um, when you don't have fun anymore, when you don't want to create just for the sake of like enjoying yourself I think that's when it's like whoa I maybe should not do this anymore as my job I have a hot take yeah are you saying you should keep doing it (laughs) almost I want to ask you this is based on personal experience you start this as a like just for fun you enjoy it and then you introduce a business aspect of it. Like, what's how has it changed for you? Like, do you enjoy the business aspect of it just as much? Or? I'm, I've learned to love it. It was a very okay. steep learning curve. I didn't go to business school or, I mean, I, I was a music teacher beforehand. Mm-hmm. A lot of it has been fake it till you make it. Hannah was in the band as well, by the way. <laughs> we'll, we'll make one of her songs our intro. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> It's good. I did I did put up pretty strict boundaries though to continue to love the art side. So I don't do commissions. Mm-hmm. I know that that would be an easy money maker. I know lots of people would love to commission me to make things, but that gives me so much anxiety because I feel like it kills the creative mm-hmm. energy and process for me if I have a deadline or expectations. So I mm-hmm. only make what I want to make. Mm-hmm. Um, same yeah I've done commissions and it was horrible yeah oh my gosh and I also don't do any pre-sales I don't I I do drops I list a date these are my drops Hopefully we should talk about can, this later in later yeah episodes, I mean it's, like about it's a great structure. topic absolutely yeah. yeah but I think because I've I put those strict boundaries up and I'm very clear about it I haven't lost the joy of it and when I do feel burnt out from stitching I'll just take a break and I share mm-hmm. it. I'm always open about it. Like, hey, I'm feeling a little worn down. I'm going to take a break mm-hmm. and I'll go do something with my family. I won't stitch. But I, mm-hmm. I, I stitch almost every day, and maybe if, even if it's something little. And I do enjoy the community aspect of the small business, too. And I think that keeps me going mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. I'm feeling, like, less creative. So overall, I, I love it. How are you? Yeah. I mean. I get them. You've. Come at it. Your small business, so let's switch it up and talk more about you. Your mm. small business came from a place of, yes, you wanted to like create a small business, but you started stitching because you wanted to deal with your anxiety, right? I honestly, I've never ever in my life been an anxious person. I don't think I've had 
any anxious, you know, like you get nervous when you have to do public speaking and things like that. An extrovert in many many ways. I don't know what happened when I was, when I was 22, just started very slowly. uh, Anxiety Mm. kicked in like um, absolutely no idea where it come from. Literally no idea. But I started getting like very intrusive thoughts in the sense of like, Oh no. My house is going to get burned down. Like oh, wow. it's still to this day like every day every night that I go to sleep I'm like imagining in my head Worst that something scenario. here is going to like yeah. m- my wire is looking yellow <laughs> like something's going to blow. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's awful. And then like I plan this whole like how am I going to escape from this fire? Like what if I jump down from the wind? How am I going to do this? I mean it's it's crazy and so your mind is constantly racing yeah horribly it got to a point like uh, maybe a year or two down the line where it was like that like 24 7 like I I would get up like five times before I fell asleep just to check on things just to like listen Uh, to the walls I know I thought I was going mad like I thought I was that's it but there was one night where I was like oh my gosh what the fuck am I gonna do like I, I went to like I did a cognitive therapy session thing and I did like a bunch of online courses because it's very expensive. I was yeah. like on minimum wage, so I couldn't really afford anything. Still really can't. But um, anyway, so, yeah, that started with those kind of things. And then uh, another thing that got me is like being in, in a car on a fast road. I, We've talked car about phobia is completely Man. awful. It's gotten better over the years, but it's still really bad. Like highways, I just hate and avoid. And UK highways are a little bit different than the US ones. I mean, the ones in Oregon that I've been on with you are super relaxed. They're very similar to the UK, but the speed limits are much lower. Like you guys have 50, 55 as a general. In here, it's 70. And, um, in the summer, I was in um, upstate New York and we drove to NYC. I mean, that was seven hours of driving and I was dreading it like I did not want to do it. it. I was like, let's just yeah. freaking fly, even though I hate flying too. But it's, it would have been like faster, <laughs> you know. But anyway, so the, the highways in um, in New York are different. So they're I think they're like the standard uh, highways mm-hmm. in America. So you get like two lanes going one way and then there's like yeah. a massive patch of grass in between and then there's another two lanes going the opposite way so all you you all you go in is just like forward so there's yeah. no like incoming traffic it's very steady so those ones like i really didn't mind i kind of enjoyed that ride but it was a big thing like to to a point that i like a few years ago to a point that like i just wouldn't go anywhere unless it yeah. was like city driving and then i would oh. ask Catherine to just take side roads and yeah yeah um backstory into anxiety another thing that's not so big anymore because i do spend my time productively to to a sense and i force myself to rest but not doing something productive was telling me that i couldn't like i was wasting time i was wasting my life away like if i sat down to watch a tv show that i enjoyed like that was a waste of time you needed to do something else at the same time and that's how embroidery came about that was mm. something else productive at the same time as rest. Yeah. And I enjoyed both. And it's changed a lot of my habits, like with, you know, like it took forever. Yeah. Um, but after a year already, like I felt a difference of how 
like my mind is just like rewiring itself to not needing to do things all the time, constantly racing, running around, doing things. You didn't touch a needle. Like you had never embroidered until I must have missed that class. (laughs) Right? I skipped a lot of school. I'm not going to lie. But yeah, I'd never, ever. And my mom is a tailor, professional tailor. She's always had a sewing machine in the house, always doing stuff. Like she sewed clothes for us. She specializes in like curtains and stuff. It's very yeah. big in Russia yeah. and in here as well. But um, yeah, never. She, I think she introduced me to like macrame once and I hated it. And that was oh. it. She was like, it's give up. <laughs> Blows my mind. I, I know. I love I'm, that fact about you. Yeah, that I never even knew that, what yeah, it was. That, I didn't even well, know embroidery was a thing. I mean, until I, I, I found it. Just for anyone who, hopefully, people who are watching this and listening <laughs> um, have seen you your work. Because, and if you haven't, you need to go look at Vika's Instagram because the the satin stitch is so perfect. It, <laughs> you would think Vika has been stitching since she was eight. No, we could just hacked it real quickly. Hacked it. You you yeah. hack so many things so well. I love that about you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I no, there's um, always shortcuts to things. You know, that's my like motto. No, <laughs> Take I a fucking I shortcut. no for to give you credit. I think you um when you want to dive into something, you go into it hard. Like you do lots of research, you watch lots of YouTube videos. That's anxiety you... as well of it, I think, still. <laughs> yeah. And I'm trying to unteach myself from this because I heard this phrase and like it got stuck with me. It's like you can't learn your way into success. You have to do, you have to work your way mm. into success. Because I like until I went public with my embroidery, I was yeah. doing this shift for like two years, but I yeah. was also learning how to uh what I can do with it you know like I it was yeah. YouTube videos again for me like that's what I wanted to do and so I spent like two years just learning about it without actually doing it mm. and that was a waste of fucking time I mean I learned a lot but I didn't put it into action and then very quickly like within a month and a half I realized this is not sustainable I cannot crack up these like crazy production videos like every two weeks Are you fucking kidding me so I had to find an- another way to do it which was oh. instagram yeah it was just fun, lucky lucky timing i think yeah so yeah that's my story anxiety I love at it. the core of it <laughs> when you went full-time i know it was kind of scary um when i went full-time it was it was because again i was making face masks and i realized i was mm-hmm. making a an income like a livable income for my family i realized i was going to make more than i did my first time teaching my first year teaching which says a lot about the education system and how much we pay Mm -hmm. teachers in America. But also it wasn't like I'm going to go into it. Like I left my previous job and went into it. It was, I was a stay at home mom. I had already left teaching. It just organically happened for me versus you made the decision. Like I feel really good about my small business and doing really well with it, but you were Mm -hmm. still working a full-time job on top of doing it versus like, I mean, momming is a full-time job, but it's different. You know, how, how did that feel for you? I mean, it was absolutely scary. You know what? It's crazy. At the beginning of 2022, I, you know, summed myself down and got a piece of paper out and like wrote out some goals. And one of my goals was to quit my job by the end of the year. Mm. I decided like, I will put a lot of my time into this. And I mean, a fucking good thing I enjoy it because literally yeah. all of my time went into it like I didn't have weekends to spend with family until this year I didn't like 
and also car anxiety. I didn't want to drive anywhere. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I gave myself one of those goals. And then like throughout the year, I was very doubting that it would happen because I, you know, you kind of just like, oh, I want to make this much to be able to quit my mm -hmm. job. And as you know, it's very unsteady. You kind of just yeah. like hoping for the best. And then you hit a jackpot and then quiet for three months. So yeah. it's one of those things and like learning to manage that. I had like, you know, the safety cushion of my full-time job. And I honestly started to hate my full-time job because all I wanted to do was embroidery. But yeah. at that time, I wasn't like it wasn't going to work. Like I was mm -hmm. not making enough. And so for me, it was like a way of figuring out how to make it work. But obviously... I only have that much time in the day. Like I was already yeah. sleeping like five, six hours. So it was really freaking tough. 2022 was crazy. Yeah, honestly, up until like the moment when I called my manager and I was like, can I put my notice in? I didn't know that I was going to do it. Like it was very fast. I was just like, wow. that's it. I'm sick of it. I'm going to fucking make it work. Like it doesn't matter what the finances yeah. look right now. I'm just going to make it work. So... It was very spontaneous in the way, but also worked out to be like I hit my goal. But yeah. I didn't think I was going to hit it until I hit it. So, yeah. We'll and then it was just crazy. Yeah, we'll no, we will have to talk about it. <laughs> we'll, we'll also have to talk about like just how um, the, it, it is different going from a paycheck that comes in weekly or every other week or once a month to this was a real <gasps> low month versus yeah. oh my gosh last yeah. month I made like three times what I've made the previous I mean I know we'll have to do a whole episode on that because that, yes, that absolutely. is we will I mean how do you not have anxiety when you don't know <laughs> right right we just hope right we just and a lot of it has to do with again faking it till you making it make it and have like faith in your your abilities and that other people want what you have to offer, mm -hmm. which is hard when you have like imposter syndrome or anxiety. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, there are so many crazy things that people don't think about. They will learn. Like I had to learn so many new skills. Yeah. But also I had to learn a lot of like life lessons, you know, it, it, talk about imposter syndrome like that's always going to be there unless you're very vanity. I was going to say, unless person. you're a narcissist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like to manage that, that's a really difficult yeah. thing. But I think everybody like kind of gets to an understanding with it. Like I'm looking at it as like a balance of mm -hmm. thing that comes with experience and with different, I guess, with different experiences that you kind of build up over time. We will yeah. talk about that as well. I think another thing that I do want to talk about because we keep going on and on is um we need to tell people how we met oh we need yeah. to talk about a certain individual that is very important to us uh, yeah got so us. we followed each other uh, i mean a, a bit a, bef prior to us like really becoming yeah friends. i found you through that viral video that oh, you, did you? you talked about at the beginning with like 80k people they yeah that's how i found you what and i, I was like yeah that. bitch she knows what you she's talking about. followed me for my sassy content. Oh, I, did. I didn't know I mean, know a lot that. of people did, didn't they? Yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. And it just kept going. And then I was just so overwhelmed. And I knew our, the embroidery world, art world in general, but like more specifically fiber arts and embroidery. I knew the community was so cool. But that was the moment where I was like, these bitches have my back. 
for a con- for a context, uh, the video that we're talking about is Hannah kindly explaining to the world that a price that she put on one of her artworks is justified. Yeah, which you shouldn't have to justify your prices. Like you, you are the person that decides it. But I was basically like, if a luxury company can charge a stupid amount for a paperclip, I think I deserve to make a living wage. And boy, did that make people mad. And when you make people mad on the internet, that's when things go more viral. If people have very strong yeah, opinions Yeah, controversial, on it. you gotta. Yeah. And because it was controversial, whether or not it was art, which was mm-hmm. super fascinating. I mean, talk about having an imposter <laughs> syndrome and then having a bunch of people tell you it's not art. Um, whether or not I deserve to people make. People are closed-minded. Yeah, whether or not I deserve to make money and then what a living wage is. So all of those conversations were happening in my comments. And I, tr- at the beginning, I was trying to reply to every single comment because I try. I try really hard to reply to every single comment. I try to read every single yeah, comment. Yeah, you're because insane. If someone spent that time to like, you know, type out something to me, I want to let them know I appreciate that th- they did it. I do that on Instagram, but not on TikTok. TikTok is not. Well, TikTok's a different beast. I don't feel it doesn't have the same community feel that no, it's Instagram. Not, it's has. never gonna have that. It's never gonna. No, have it's just and it doesn't have like it doesn't have an inbox or you know because that's the main thing, right? Yeah. Like so many of us, mm-hmm. we connect for whatever way, but then it's talking to each other one on one in like the DMs. I feel like that's yeah, where a lot it's of very my, different. Yeah, I got to a point where I couldn't respond anymore to comments, and then all of the like angry hate troll kind of comments started coming up, and I just couldn't. And I was like, I'm going to bow out. And so many people were in my corner and they were like, don't worry, we've got you. And were replying to comments for me and reporting comments if they mm-hmm. weren't because I got like death threats. I got some crazy stuff, crazy, angry Do people. Do not go viral, kids. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you can't stomach it. <laughs> I didn't realize that that's how you found me. Um, that's so cool. Yeah, I found you that way. Um, and then, you know, like uh, when you first follow somebody Instagram's gonna throw a lot of their yeah, shit a on, lot your, of the, on yeah, your time yeah. feed yeah. thing. Um, and yeah, so that's how like I started watching your stories. And so you became one of my like primary Aww. people that I that I would like catch up with yeah. on their content. Um yeah, because it was being shoved down your throat. Yeah. So do you remember following me? Because I don't yeah. know. We, we never talked about this. I it was I feel like it was around that time, right? Because I did you probably yeah because for- i saw that you were doing landscapes and i was like ooh, yeah and you were like hey and you said something along the like you like introduced yourself and you said i i really like your art you know um and i was like yeah mm-hmm. i like yours too we talked about doing landscapes and like we kind of bonded over that and then you were like we should do mm-hmm. a collapse in time and i was so overwhelmed at that moment i was like mm-hmm. yeah maybe we'll touch back later and you're like cool and then a couple months went by and you were like hey what about that collab How about that collab yeah, yeah, and I, I was like, it. yeah, I'm in a better place now. Let's do it. Yeah, and then we started talking about it. Oh, it's so crazy to think about that. That was a while ago, wasn't it? Yeah, and we were just t- talking back and forth. We didn't really concretely set anything up. No, because it was difficult. It's like, uh, first of all, it's two different mediums. Second of yeah, all, we're there's we're a fucking ocean in between us. <laughs> and like, what kind of collab should we do? Like, there's so many opportunities, but also... It's hard to communicate yeah. that kind of stuff. But we just started talking about, like, other stuff. Like, we talked about trends. Oh, we bonded, trends that, yeah. Yeah, we started talking about music. We started talking about, like, trends we saw on Instagram that we loved mm-hmm. and trends that we mm-hmm. hated. And we bond- <laughs> yeah. We started sharing, like, small business stuff. Like, 
I think that's when yeah. I realized, like, oh, Vika is totally my kind of person because she doesn't gatekeep anything. Like, we just, like, bounce back Open and forth, forth about, yeah. Yeah, so that was for a few months. Yeah, and then you're like, I think I'm going to do this full time. Like, I'm scared, but I think I'm going to do it. And I was like, yes, do it. Quit your job, mm-hmm. do it. And then, <laughs> and then you were like, so I'll have more time for this collab. Yeah. And then at which point I said, why don't you just come to the United States? Why don't you come to Oregon and we'll do mm-hmm. it in person? Not really thinking that you were going to take me up on it. And then you were like, <laughs> I I'll mean, book my flight. I'll be there in like three weeks. <laughs> I know. Well, it was similar to what you said. <laughs> it wasn't like, eh, I'll, I'll book my flights. It was more of like, oh my gosh, I think I can do this. Around like, I don't know, a month prior to that. Oh, yeah. 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 uh, Like a month prior to that happening, I had started a friendship with um, our beloved mutual friend, Natalie. Shout out to Natalie because we know she's Shout out. The biggest shout out to Natalie. She's the most incredible human ever. Um, She sent me a message on my like Shopify, which is where my website is, inbox. And it was basically like, I would like to buy this nerd stand from you. But- I live in Creswell, which is like half an hour away from me. And she was like, and I don't feel comfortable coming to you to pick it up. You could, I, I could pay shipping, but would you deliver it? And my response to that, I looked at my husband and I said, I am not about to deliver something to some lady's house that I don't know. And then uh-huh. she sent me, um, we started like messaging back and forth and she sent me a picture of herself, which is like so adorable, like this with she has this giant storage. It's like a tool, giant tool box, you uh-huh. know, like those metal ones. Yeah, one of those cool um, ones. And she opened like all of the drawers and took a selfie of herself like this. And it was just full of beads. She was just like, I promise I'm not a serial killer. <laughs> I would love to gift you with Which some of these beads. Which is what a serial killer would say. <laughs> so, so I like, I talked it out with my husband and I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it. She seems super nice. I'd like all those beads, please. Yeah, I was I was the first person that she let into our house after COVID, like mm-hmm. and um, which I didn't know prior to getting there. She was, you know, I I I she was like, I know this might sound silly, but would you mind taking a COVID test and would you mind um, wearing a mask? And I was like, oh yeah, easy peasy, I'll do that. She's like, this lady seems super cool, and I show up to her house, and that's when she told me, you are the first person that I have let in my space since COVID started. And I was like, whoa, I am so honored, like right away. And when you walk into our house, first off, it's like, it's an immaculate gallery of all of her art because she also had some anxiety and major processing through feelings through art moment. And so her house, she tried out like so many different art mediums and it was just like every wall beautifully displayed her art. It's incredible walking through that place. And she won't call herself an artist. She'll call herself a maker, which we both disagree with. I think she's a phenomenal artist. and She's I, also I'm, a Leo and very hard to argue yeah. with. <laughs> and we're putting this but out on the- But I'm a Leo the, too, so. Yeah. And we're putting this out on the internet so that it is fact. Yes, Natalie, you are an artist. You are an artist and you can't say Incredible. anything else. And this is put out to the whole world. So now you're going to have to argue exactly. with everyone. Exactly. Um, and I didn't know you were also like forming a friendship with her separately. So we hadn't talked about it at all. Like, yeah, I chatted with her a couple of times. Uh, I think she emailed me and then it, on the TikTok, she's on TikTok, not, well, not anymore. 
not on Instagram. Uh, we talked on TikTok a couple of times. Yeah. And so when I walked into her house, I, I looked up at the wall and I was like, hey, I know that artist. <laughs> and she was like, what do you mean? And I was like, like, I hold on. And I FaceTime Vika and I was like, listen, <laughs> I have a crazy story. I have this friend that I, I just that made FaceTime. that asked me to in, like bring her an embroidery stand and like she says she knows you and I like flipped the camera and she was like hi Vika <laughs> it's not and crazy it was, it was such a wholesome moment and we we all FaceTime together for like 20 mm-hmm. minutes that day and it was mm-hmm. so cool um, it was crazy such a like, small world such a small world and I think we said that over and over again and then um we hung up the phone with you and then the two of us were just like we are for sure friends because wow mm-hmm. What are the I chances? I mean, you go there to bake cookies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she is she is like a grandma to my parent to my kids. She's like a grandma figure to <laughs> my kids. Um, uh-huh. Her and her partner, um, and she's she amazing. is she has like mother like energy, but she's also just like one of my best friends. And I mean, same, I know she, you feel that same energy from her. Absolutely, and, yeah. I mean, I we Facetime like weekly for like yeah. four hours, something yeah. like that. We'll just hang yeah, out. Yeah, stitch we'll and bitch. Stitch and, and bitch. Yes, I love it. <laughs> um, and I try to see her like once a week if I can, mm-hmm. and I, we'll go over. We'll do puzzles together, or we'll cook. Um, and we'll, then they'll Facetime me sometimes yeah. if I'm lucky. And, like, yesterday I worked on so kit fun. assembly stuff with her for, like, four hours. Um, she was working on a separate project, but I'm more productive if I have her around. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Fascinating. So when we yeah. made the decision for you to come visit, we decided, oh, we're not going to tell Natalie. Yeah. We're and gonna, that was – We're going to surprise her. Oh, my gosh. That was so fun because you got here and we, like – she had no idea. She had no we idea. We knocked on her door. Like, and then the she scream. She was not expecting to see my face there. The scream that she <laughs> screamed. I won't ever forget that. Just. We have it on camera. We do. So. Yeah. So very long winded, but oh my gosh, that was so cool. And uh, you coming here, I, re- I remember everybody being like, did you just invite a complete stranger to come stay with you? I know. You? And I was you were going to get a hotel, but everything was like so expensive. You were going to go to a hotel and I was like. Absolutely not. In this economy, you will not. You will stay in my house, and I don't care as long as you don't mind children. You you will stay in my home. I basically didn't give you an option. (laughs) And I've done that to a couple other embroidery artists. Mm -hmm. Where like I think I'm going to come visit Oregon. I'm like you're staying in my house, and it's worked out. You're such an extrovert. You've come a second time, and my other friend that I convinced, uh, Cassandra from Ever So Sweet Designs, she moved here. So I I have a pretty good track record. You do. (laughs) You definitely do. Yeah, I mean that that's when we decided that we need to put our thoughts out on the internet together like yeah. the conversation style in our first time when we met we were like literally every evening we would work like throughout the day we would work Hang on out. the collaboration yeah. on the kit and stuff and then in the evening we'd be like stitching and just talking and we're like we should every time we like finish the conversation it's like okay it's like 2 a.m. We should have recorded that. We should have recorded that because it was so good. So, like, informational also, yeah. but sure and entertaining. I, after that, um, when you came to visit, I mean, that very much was like, A, I'm not a serial killer. You survived coming to stay at my house. <laughs> um, but that solidified that not only were we interested in doing a collab, we, like, genuinely enjoyed being around each other and, like, grew, yeah, like, an actual bonded. real. Yeah. Um, 
and how cool it was to be able to work on a collab in person like that. Yeah, don't I don't know I, if honestly, we would have been able to do was it. Like we would not be able to do it. No, if I wasn't there. Yeah, like that, that was that was it was hard enough to flesh out how we were going to do it the first time. And then seven yeah. months later, I we went to back. visit again. Which yeah. it's my turn now. I know it is. I, I own up. I need to come to the UK. I have a Taylor time. Swift Wembley ticket for you. I am saving I one for you. I know. We're manifesting it. We're gonna. I'm gonna have a really good January and February. Okay. Can you promise me if you have a really good January and February, then where you're coming in August, please? Yeah. 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 My birthday present. How about that? A pinky promise you. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Anyway. So we'll, we'll do another collab in August next year, <laughs> but it'll be here. That first trip solidified that we wanted to record something. And I, afterwards, I was like, I don't know, maybe we were just like super sleep deprived and like just full of like giddy excitement. I don't know. Maybe it's not a good idea. So I like talked to a couple of people like, I would watch that. I would listen to that podcast. And then when you came back the second time. All over again. Yeah. yeah, this has been We've like had a this full idea for year a while. in the make. Yeah, like a really mm-hmm. this is like a year and figuring a half out like it. a video type of content is very yeah. difficult. We had to try a few different platforms, and a lot of things went wrong. We this is the third time we're recording this episode, and I had a crazy old computer. My computer is from 2012, which, regardless of if you have up to date uh, operating systems, if the if the hardware and components to your computer <laughs> are dinosaurs, work. it doesn't work. So yeah, got myself a newer computer. Literally last week. So first thing that we do is we record, a, we record this. This podcast had a lot to do with me getting a new computer. <laughs> otherwise I'd probably yeah. have been like, it's fine. <laughs> so Yeah, I sent her my old camera so that she can record. <gasps> but that didn't work either. I'm going to use it though. It's cool. Yeah, you will use it. You'll do. You'll learn some product photography. Best gift ever. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so yeah, that's how we met and bonded, and where this idea came about. But I, I want to elaborate just a little bit. Like the reason why we're like, oh, we should have recorded this, or we should record something, is because we were, we were talking like as if we've known each other for like ten years, as if we like knew nitty gritty of each other's lives as well. And so that like completely removed this like wall in between us where we'd be like, oh, should I say this? Should I not say this? We're just completely honest. And so we Mm -hmm. bonded over like the honesty of everything. So we just say like no gatekeeping. Like both of us were like completely open about like business aspect of things, art stuff. I mean, we talked a lot, a lot about all kinds of different things. And, and so we were like, you know what? There's nobody else that's honest about some things. And some topics people don't even pick up because it could be controversial or it yeah. could be, you know, information you want to keep to yourself for one or another reason. But knowing that it's so difficult to get quality information for free, we were just like, you know what? We want to be helpful to the community in more ways than what we are doing currently. Yeah, And so this place for us, first of all, is to freaking hang out because we have an ocean in between us and we yeah. don't get to do this very often. But also we want to 
encourage the community to to share to and grow together. And, yeah. 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 To, yeah. Basically to just grow together in all the ways like business aspect, art things uh, like we've been gathering lots of tips and lots of mm-hmm. helpful information that we will share gradually um, dependent on the topic and things like that. But yeah, we just want it to be like a complete no gatekeeping place where we share our lessons that we're learning, our experiences, like in the hopes that you will, you know, do one of these things, like either inspire you or will teach you something or will open up your mind towards something or help you directly. Um, Maybe you have a question about certain things that we will talk about and things like that. We want to do Q&As as well and things like this as well. What else are you hoping for for this podcast, Hannah? I think it's also important to note that we're not claiming to be experts in all of these areas or anything either. We're coming openly to this table, if you will, with conversation. So I think the part we're really excited about, um, we're not really planning on having this be an interview-based podcast like many podcasts, but we do plan on taking your input from comment sections and like Q&As like you were saying. To really continue the conversation because I'm sure there's lots that other people know. Maybe you haven't been confident enough or felt safe enough to share those views or that insight that you have because of the fact that like talking about pricing is controversial for some reason. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. Maybe those people will feel safe enough to message us or leave a comment on these videos and we'll be able to further the conversation with your knowledge too. So we're for sure not coming at this as like we know everything, but we just want to be a part of the conversation. And if it means we have to start the conversation, we are all for it. And if nobody's going to watch, we're just going to hang out anyway. It's just us. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Complain about things and encourage each other. When the algorithm... Or the way that social media works sometimes where you don't really see artists, especially if you have smaller accounts, sometimes it's just so hard to get seen. I think Mm -hmm. the other part of this podcast that we had talked about is talking about art trends that we see in the fiber arts world and accounts that we feel like aren't getting enough attention too. Like we want to boost Yeah, we want to give shout outs. Yeah, uplift the community that we are a part of that's benefited us so greatly. Like we want to give back. Yeah, we also want to... bring some people here that we personally know from time to time this is not going to be a trend this is not going to be an Mm -mm. every episode type thing think of it as just us two and sometimes we'll bring in an expert (laughs) not an expert but another point just another friend to chat another friend to chat yeah for sure and we obviously have no idea what the fuck we're doing with podcasts neither of us have done it before um, so learning. we'll do some learning. Um, we'll introduce some things, it. some segments, um, yeah. a little bit of fun. And um, I've already been working behind the scenes on a fun segment. I don't know. Should we do it in the first episode too or not? Um, it's going to be called something along the lines of relatable or not. <laughs> it's going to be a lot to okay. social media. When right. something pisses me off, I write it down and then I want to see like how many people that. can relate to this thing. Well, I already know one of them, which is when you share a two second video with a long ass caption. That <laughs> is annoying. It is annoying. <laughs> and the big guru Instagram coaches will be like, do this. Hot tip. But yeah. both of us are saying, don't do it. It's annoying. Okay, let's just start this segment. Relatable or not. You tell me when I misspell the hashtag embroidery. (laughs) 
Hannah, did you know the hashtag embroidery, not embroidery, or embroidery also is a thing? Those all are hashtags and they have posts attached to them. Yes, they do. So if you type it in, it still pops something up. It might not have 256,000 or something. I am also guilty of this. I have also accidentally typed in fabric collage with only one C in between fabric and collage instead of two. So I'm sure there's lots of things that I've posted to that yeah, as well. I hate misspelling hashtags. It's so, an- oh, it's so annoying. I mean, it's not even a big thing anymore. Like, people don't care about hashtags. The algorithm doesn't care about hashtags, but pisses me off still that my phone doesn't know how to spell the thing that I spell all the time. Like, you would think of it like autofill or autocomplete. I know. It's so bad. That's a good segment. I will prepare something for next time. Anyway. Thank you for getting unstitched with us today. And be sure to follow us on all of the social media platforms, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and all the links are in the description or show notes. Yep. Thank you so much. See ya. Bye. Maybe we should just say an ocean apart. Yeah. Full-time embroidery artists, an ocean apart. I feel like that conveys. I love you know, it. We're it's in... so romantic. <laughs> yeah. Romantical. Q. Have you watched Anne Brilliant with a knee? I just finished watching Anne with a knee. It's oh, it's so good. So good. Yeah. The That's word that one. I picked up from there. So romantical. Romantical. <laughs> so romantical.